0: We talk about last week the, um, the importance of doing and handling money God's way. How many of you here last week enjoyed that message? And so today we're just going to continue in this, in this vein of life, money and legacy. And I always want to just always bring it back around to the bigger picture. The bigger picture, is always about the vision that God has for your life. How many of you know what the vision God has for your life is? A full life in Christ. Yeah, I heard people say it. And everything that we do ties back to that. You you heard me talk about last week that we live a full life in three dimensions. Number one, it's the relationship dimension where God wants our marriages to flourish. He wants our friendships to flourish. How many of you believe he wants all those relationships to flourish? And the most important one is the one that you have with him. And here's how that works. It's, it's like I said a few minutes ago. There was this huge gap between us and God. How many of you agree there was a huge gap between us and God? And the reason is, is because he's holy and we're not. And his, his intentionality in coming to earth and clothing himself to, in flesh and dying on a cross is a huge, folks. I don't know if you realize it. How huge this is that a holy God who's sinless was willing to reach to you who was full of sin. Amen? That's a big deal. And so the the relationship that you have with Jesus, he wants you to thrive in that relationship. And it's all because of what Christ did at the cross. It's all because you placed your faith in his finished work. And that's good news. Can I get an amen today? And so that's the dimension we talked about a little bit. We also talked about the dimension of health. Mental health, physical health, emotional health, and your spiritual health, you know, because all of these are connected. So if I'm, if I'm out of whack physically, it impacts my spirit, man. It impacts my emotions, doesn't it? And so God's wanting us to commit ourselves to a wholeness and a completeness in our health. Amen. And then is there's this, this idea of the purpose of God, why you're here. What, what does God put you on planet Earth for? And we said that it's li- you know we're created on purpose, for a purpose, to live out that relationship with Christ. But it's also in a, it's a stewardship issue as well, right? Because how many of you know we have only just a certain amount of time in the day? How many of you know you have these gifts and talents that God has put inside of you that he wants to use for his glory? And then he's given you the ability to work. He's given you the ability to earn a living. And those resources that he's allowed you to earn... He has a purpose for those, too. How many of you agree he has a purpose for those? Does he want you to have nice stuff? He don't mind you having nice stuff, right? The problem is, is when the nice stuff has us. When the heart gets pulled away and drawn away by those things that God's blessed us with. And So I think the reason, one of the reasons for a, a series like this is to to maybe recalibrate us, to get us to make sure that our hearts are in the right place, that we're focused on the right things, that our priorities are in order, including our finances. And so that's the reason we're doing this, is to help you live a full life in Christ in the realm of money. Does that, does that make sense to everybody? And so here's what we're doing. Uh, last week, as I said, God has given us a biblical framework. To, to be able to handle finances well, to the place where we're positioned to be a blessing. Where's the number one blessing that you need to be? It needs to be to your family. Number two, the kingdom of God. Other people. God has positioned you with influence. There are certain people that you have influence with that God has positioned you to, to be a blessing to. Remember we said the story of Abraham when in Genesis chapter 12. What did God say to Abraham? I'm going to bless you, and through you, I'm going to bless the nations. How many of you know that includes you? Every person on the planet, God has it in mind to bless you because he made that covenant with Abraham thousands of years ago. And that's the beauty of, of being a Christian and walking in that is that you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God wants to bless you. How many of you know beyond the shadow of a doubt God wants to bless you? Now, I'm not talking about, you know, in everybody in this room, you know, you give $1,000 and you're going to be a millionaire. And that's not what I'm talking about. This isn't a prosperity gospel. All I'm saying is, if you handle God, money God's way, you can build the resources to be a blessing. Can I get an amen? And that's what this is all about. So it's a heart issue. And so today, we're going to dive into one specific a specific biblical approach that'll help you Position yourself to be have more resources and to be more of a blessing, and we're going to talk about getting out of debt. Oh, okay, Pastor, are you going there? I'm going there. Will y'all go there with me. And so here's how we're going to start this. So if you if you watch TV any length of time, you'll see ads for car dealerships. One of I guess one of the most the most catchy ones is. Uh, Let's see if you can recognize this. What's in your wallet? Anybody know what that is, a commercial for? Capital One what? Credit card. They're selling you this idea that you need a credit card. And the reason you need a credit card is because you want that nice new Lexus in the the driveway. And you want to... Walk into your five-bedroom house that's decorated to the nines. Amen? What are they trying to do? They're luring luring you in. You need this stuff. And even if you can't pay for it right now, that's okay. Just put it on a credit card. So we've been sold, as, as a nation, a bill of goods. And here's the thing. It's to the point now where everybody thinks that that's the way it's supposed to be. And that it's, it's not a lie, you know, because it really is a lie that you're being sold. Amen? Because this stuff that you're getting, that you're buying on credit, that you're, you're going into debt for, is never, listen to your pastor, it's never, everybody say never, it's never going to satisfy you. Amen? There's an old song. And this doesn't relate totally, but I, I thought of it, so I'm going to use it. You okay with that? There's this song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. Everybody ever heard that song? Well, this is a different, we'll put a, a different word in there. Looking for comfort or fulfillment in all the wrong places. And so, just because society itself says, uh, you know, this idea of being in debt is true and it's a good way to live, doesn't mean it is true. Amen? Just because the masses say it's true that this is a great way to live and you live a lie, it doesn't make it true. And so we, we see this. We recognize what the, what the, the credit card companies and the mortgage, and the mortgage companies have, have sold us this bill of goods that go into debt because you need this stuff. The problem is We're trying to meet a deep level need on a surface level. Does that make sense? We're we're using materials to to meet a need that is deeper than that. The contentment that you want, that you're desiring, is not found in houses and cars and all this stuff. It's found in where? In a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The fulfillment that you're looking for is found in one man's name. What is his name? Jesus. And so just like when we were talking last month, the last two months in the in the Beatitudes, we always said, every week, we said that that Jesus' teaching was countercultural, wasn't it? It's upside down teaching. The same is true for what the Bible says about handling money. It's countercultural. Because if you think about it, if you, if you took a survey today, you went into your neighborhood and, and you surveyed people, they're not winning. Many of them are not winning. Their marriages are in trouble. They're so deep in debt that they can't hardly breathe. Their children aren't, they're not winning with their children, and so they're not winning. And yet we're going to follow the advice. Are y'all with me so far? I know this isn't going to be easy, but but this is something we need, folks. And so here's what I'll say. In contrast, the biblical principles of handling money work. Amen. If you've ever done that and you tried that and you know they work, say amen. And so we see that even though the Bible is countercultural in how it deals with money, it works. I'll say it this way. It's the best plan. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's ways are the best ways. Do you really believe that this morning? And so as we're talking about getting out of debt, this is one product that we have been sold through TV ads. We were talking about earlier. Facebook. You know, when, you, when Facebook first opened up, you hardly ever saw ads at all, did you? And now it's like every other one. I'm like, I'm sick of these ads. I want to see somebody talk about food. <laughs> I want to see a picture of somebody's baby. Amen. I don't want to see an ad. Isn't that what Facebook was created for in the first place? To share your life with other folks? Yeah, I'm, about to, I'm about to wander off a little bit. It wasn't for arguing either. Okay, I'll leave that there, right there. Debt has dug its claws into us, folks, and it's sold us a bill of goods. It's even, it's even changed Kind of change the way we think to the will, that some of us are willing to fight for this idea that, oh yeah, that's just a natural thing. It's just something that we're going to have to deal with. And we believe that. We believe that lie. And so what we've got to do is we've got to have some kind of redirecting. Amen. I want y'all to do something with me. We're going to do, you guys want to have a little fun? I told you during this series we're going to have a little fun. Y'all want to have a little fun? Everybody stand up. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. No peeking. And I want you to point to where you think north is. Come on. Don't be scared. Everybody's doing it. It doesn't matter whether you realize, think you know or not. Just point to where you think it is. All right. Now, keep your hands where they are. Now open your eyes and look around. (laughs) Now let me ask you a question. Those of you that aren't pointing north, I'm going to tell you in a minute where north is. If those of you that aren't pointing north, are you wrong or right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Listen to me, folks. If you're not pointing north in terms of north, you're wrong. Y'all follow me. It doesn't matter how you feel. Well, I feel like maybe that way's north. If, it's not, if that way's not north, it's wrong. Amen. All right, now, y'all can put your hands down, and you can sit down. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you where north is. You know how I know? I've got me a compass right here on my phone. Thank God for technology, Amen. I didn't quite have to go searching for a compass. It's right here on my, on my phone. So here's the, here's the idea, folks. When you understand that there is a standard that says there's north that direction, and everybody else who says, no, it's this way and this way and this way, they're wrong. Hey, would you agree that they're wrong? Because here's the truth. If I want to go to Canada... I want to go see uh, Niagara Falls. Guess what? If I don't go that direction, I'm not getting to Niagara Falls. You understand, right? And so here, here's the here's the idea, folks. The Bible is your compass. It points you to what is really true. Amen. It doesn't matter how you feel. That's that's a big problem in our culture today. Well, I don't feel like it, or this is my truth. Listen, folks, there has to be a standard of truth. It can't be your truth and my truth, because if that's the case, we got chaos. There has to be a compass, a standard that directs and guides every area of your life. And I will declare to you today, that compass is the Bible. Can I get an amen today? Does anybody believe that it's his word? And so the reason I say that or gave you that illustration is because the Bible is a true north in terms of your money. And now you handle it. And so if we've been sold a a bill of goods and our thinking's wrong, there has to be a perspective change or a paradigm change. Are y'all following me? So to get the proper perspective, that's what we need. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need a paradigm shift. Maybe you're talking to your spouse, and maybe that's true. Maybe you do need a paradigm shift, both of you. Because how many of you realize money is one of the main reasons people divorce? Arguments over finances, over 50 percent of marriages that end in divorce have to do with something about finances. So how many of you agree? We, we, we might need to fix that. That's what this is about, folks. And so it's all about having a perspective change. And so I'm going to show you a a series of statements, and I want you to they will put those up there for me. Number one, all right, so take this statement, and I want you to to have fun with it a little bit. Let's put some punctuation in it and maybe see what happens. So here's the second one. A woman without her man is, y'all ain't going to say it, are you? Now, watch this one. Here's the last one. Watch this one. A woman without her. So, gentlemen, can I give you a little advice? Here's a little marital tip, a little relationship advice sprinkled into this message today. Live out number three and you'll have a happy wife. Amen. Come on. Ladies, can I say, can y'all say amen? amen. But you notice what, what we did there. The phrase didn't change, did it? The punctuation changed it. And that's legal. I mean, you can put those commas in the right place and it's, it's still the same words. It just changes the way you look at it, right? So what's the point? We need a shift in our paradigm in terms of how we deal with. And how we look at debt. And that's the point today. Is The Bible has a lot to say about debt. And here's what I'll say. We need a new perspective. Everybody say that. We need a... We need it. We desperately need it. And so it's not... It's, it's To some of us it might be new. But it's not an old perspective. What the Bible has to say about debt. We actually read this... this passage last week, but I'm going to read it again, Proverbs 22, 7, it says, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is what? Everybody say it loud. To who? To the lender. So the Bible never says anything good about debt. It uses terms like slave and fool. Ouch. That hurts, Pastor. Well, sometimes we need it to hurt, amen? To get us... To have a paradigm shift. We need, we need that those true words that, that really cut. And that's exactly what the Bible does. He, and here's the reason. God loves you. And he doesn't want you a slave. He doesn't want you bound up. How I many of you don't want to be bound up? But the Bible says, what does it say? The borrower is a slave to the lender. And so, what do we do? We got to have a paradigm shift. But here's, here's a reality for you folks that you don't ju- you, I mean, you can wander into debt. Like, for instance, you could wake up one morning and you decide, you know what? I need a new car today. And you march yourself down to the Toyota place you go in the showroom and you can tell it's like sharks you've been there right and they'll, boy, they'll put you in that car everybody sm- what are you smelling anybody love new car smell they got that spray you know new car smell and then they say, hey, man, why don't you go drive this thing? Oh, man, don't it shift perfectly? And look, 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 look what it's got. It's got Bluetooth. It's got Navi in it. The seats are leather. Come on, somebody. Well, they're selling you on this thing. And then about two hours later, which is, well, actually, probably maybe longer than that, depending on how good you are negotiating, you might be six hours in there. Lori says this about me. I'm telling on myself. She says I turn into the devil when I go to the car dealership. <laughs> She's probably right. <laughs> I hate being taken advantage of. But you see what they do. They sell you this bill of goods. And on, maybe on an impulse, you have bought that car. It didn't take you long to get in debt, did it? But let me tell you something. You've done that and you've got those credit cards maxed out, you didn't wander into debt, but it's going to be a lot of work getting out of it. Amen. And so if you want to get out of debt, you have to come to the realization that this debt has it has created this gravitational pull on your life. And for you to be able to get out of that gravitational pull, you've got to expend some energy, don't you? It's like a rocket. You know, you ever seen a rocket take off? And you notice how much energy is expended to get that rocket into orbit? I mean, these usually have these huge booster rockets that are filled with fuel, and they've got to charge those suckers up to the place where they have enough energy to escape the gravitational pull of the earth to get into orbit. It's the same is true when you're in debt. You have to do something to overcome the, this energy or this gravitational pull of debt. Um, it really requires what we call a gazelle intensity anybody familiar with the animal kingdom and gazelles you know the bible talks about dead and it uses a gazelle as an example let's read this together proverbs chapter 6 they'll put that up there my child if you have put up security for a friend's debt or agreed to guarantee the debt of a stranger if you have trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said Follow my advice and save yourself, for you have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now swallow your pride and do what? Go and beg that your name be erased. Verse 4. Don't put it off. Do it when? Do it now. Don't rest until you do. Verse 5. Watch this. Save yourself like what? Gazelle escaping from a hunter like a bird fleeing from a net. So it didn't take much to get into it, but it's going to take an awful lot of energy to get out. And has anybody ever watched Animal Kingdom or World, whatever they call that, what's the the name, National Geographic, and seen any um, shows about gazelles having to escape cheetahs? Cheetahs are the fastest animal on the planet. When they get going within about four leaps, they can be averaging about 50 miles per hour. Isn't that crazy how fast? And yet, when they're chasing a gazelle, they're only successful in killing a gazelle one, in eight, one between one and 19 times. Between, you know, like every 19 times. Let me say it that way. That's how, they're not, they're not very successful, are they, at killing gazelles. Why is it that the fastest animal on the planet has a hard time killing a gazelle? It's one word. Motivation. So the cheetah, all there, they're like, hmm, it's lunchtime. Let me go get a gazelle. The gazelle is, I'm fighting for my life. (laughs) Amen. And so, how does it that the gazelle can can actually outmaneuver a cheetah? They're fighting for their life. So, for you to be able to get out of debt, guess what? You got to fight as if your life depended on it and really and truly in terms of your money it does so you got to fight hard you got to expend the energy to get out of debt so i'm gonna get really practical with you right now so to get out of debt it requires some kind of tool right some some kind of instrument and those of you who know about Dave Ramsey, you know, you're familiar with what we call the debt snowball. How many of you have heard that word, that phrase before? So the debt small, small <laughs> Somebody want to say it for me? <laughs> the debt snowball is really crucial. Because here's the truth, folks. We've said this earlier. Debt is not a math problem. It's not a money problem, folks. It's a behavior problem that starts right here. So if we start getting our behaviors aligned, our thoughts aligned, the way we think aligned, along with God's word, the behavior follows suit. And so when you attack the behavior, you can get out of the situation. You can get out of debt. So the debt snowball works like this. Let's say you got three credit cards and one has $3,000 on it, one has six, one has 10. You're going to start Paying off the one that has $3,000 on it. Doesn't matter what the interest rate is on that card. Why would you start with the lowest amount? Pay it off faster. And what you can do is you can celebrate, hey, I'm making some progress. I just paid $3,000 off. On the other cards, you're going to pay the minimum payment. And then when you pay that card off, you're going to take what you were paying on the card that had 3000 on it, and you're going to put that, along with the minimum payment, on the next lowest balance. Y'all, y'all follow me? So you're going to pay on the $6,000 debt. You're going to pay it off, and then what you were paying on the 3000 and the $6,000, you are going to pay on the 10000 until you get it paid off. That's the, the debt snowball. Now, that takes a lot of discipline, does it not? But it's doable. Because remember. It starts here. Change the way you think. Change the way you your, your heart. And the behavior follows suit. So can I give you some more. Practical advice. So I'm going to give you five actions. To break the chain of debt. Number one. If you're taking notes. Quit borrowing money. Stop going to the store and using the credit card. As a matter of fact, it might be for you important for you to do some plastic surgery. You know what I mean by that? Not go to the... No, oh, Lord. Plastic surgeon, $10,000. Oh, my. Not that kind of plastic surgery. No, take the cards. Cut them up. Call the credit card company and say, hey, I'm done. Oh, but my credit score is going to go, well, it's the price you pay, which here's the thing. If you got money, guess what? You don't need a FICO score because you're paying cash for everything. You're not borrowing anything because all a FICO score is, all it is, is they told you, hey, man, you're good at paying your payments. That's all it is. Amen. That's all it is. You're, good. you're really good at sending me the check every month. That's all FICO is. So if you have money in the bank and you're paying cash for everything, Mr. FICO doesn't matter. Y'all with me so far? Is this helping anybody today? Anybody mad at me? It's okay if you are. You and I go have a cup of coffee. We'll make it right. How's that? Number two, save money. Remember last week, the fool does what? Does away with all of its storage, right? It's always just living paycheck to paycheck. No. Build an emergency fund to create this buffer so that you don't need a credit card when emergencies happen. Amen? So as you're doing this debt snowball, here's what Dave Ramsey suggests, a thousand dollar emergency fund get all your debts paid off except for your house, and then build a three to six month emergency fund where if the, if the transmission does go out in your house, if the air conditioning in your house goes out, if something major happens, you're not taking out the credit card and swapping it, what are you doing? You're saying, you know what? Let me transfer that $10,000 from my fully funded emergency fund. Come on, somebody. And I'll just pay cash for that new... Air conditioning. I'll get it, folks. This is easier said than done. But remember, remember the gazelle. Every time you're tempted to, to do this, there's going to there's be something that comes up. When you cut those cards up, there's going to be something that happens. And you're going to be tempted to go call them and say, hey, can you reinsert my account? Because I need to do this. No, when you have the money set aside, you don't need the credit card. Here's another one. Sell something. How many of you got a lot of junk in your garage? Raise your hands. So, know some of y'all neat freaks. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Those of you that are neat freaks and have yours uh, n- uh, numerically numbered and color coded in your garage, I applaud you today because yours isn't like mine. Mine, is, uh, mine needs work. But there's stuff that you have in your house, in a closet. In the garage somewhere that you can sell. And what are you going to do? You're going to sell that and you're going to pay that debt. You're going to get that money paid down. Or if you've already got your debt paid, you're going to put it in savings. Come on, somebody. Is this helping? Come on. Number here's the next one. Get a part-time job. You know what grandma used to say? You You know how to get out of that stuff you're in? Go to work. In the olden days, that's what they would do. If they wanted to buy something, what would they do? Save it up. They put it. They got that jar in the, in the closet, and they would stick that every bit of money they could in that jar. And then, when when the time came, they, they had enough money. You know what they would do? They'd take that jar with them. Here, I want to buy this. Grandma had a little wisdom, didn't she? Maybe she knew what she was talking about when she'd say, you know what, sweetheart, maybe you need to save for a rainy day. You know what that is? All that is is, hey, you need an emergency fund. That was her way of saying, hey, get an emergency fund. That's exactly what she was saying. Amen? If we would get back to some of these ways, God would help us get out of debt, and we might just live a full life in Christ. Come on, somebody. Here's the last one. Pray. How I many you know prayer works? God loves you. But pastor, I've made some huge mistakes. He died for those mistakes, didn't he? He loves you. There's a grace for you. And if you hadn't talked to him in a while, he's not mad at you. You know what he's saying? Come on. Come on, my son. Come on, my daughter. Let's talk. I want to hear from you. Amen. Tell him because here's the truth God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. We said it last week. He owns all of it. So he has unlimited resources. So he can work on your behalf. How many of you believe God wants to work on your behalf? So pray, talk to him. So, in conclusion, Debt, what it does, it squeezes the life out of you. And that's not what God has, right? What do we say? God wants, he said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Being a slave to debt is not full life, folks. It's bondage. And so God is calling you and giving you an opportunity to move out of this slavery and give you a better life. How many of you want a better life? The, the Bible says he has plans for you amen they're good plans but some of you have been so in debt so long you can't see your way out of it you feel like you're drowning and you've lost hope and the Bible's clear about that Proverbs 13 says this hope deferred does what makes the heart sick but a longing fulfilled is a tree of Say it loud. God offers you hope today in the form of saying, here's what God's word says about me getting out of debt. I'm going to follow it. I'm going to follow this plan and I'm going to see light at the end of the tunnel. Hope is being restored. Amen. That's what he wants to do. He wants you to feel alive again. So What if if the church of Jesus Christ, the people of God, had no payments? What could we do for the kingdom of God? Amen. Now, I I love it that we have stories that we can tell you. You're not just hearing from your pastor this morning. There are people who have actually done this and it's worked for them. And I have a story I want to share with you about a people in our church who did exactly what I'm talking about today and I want you to hear from them how it impacted their lives. Watch this.
1: Hi, my name is Jody Sweeney. My husband Bruce and I have been attending Full Life Church for about two years now. When we were younger and were raising our children, we were one of the many families that bought into the lie of buying things on credit. We had two cars, a house, a boat, um, and my wallet was full of many different credit cards for department stores. We had bills that we could only make the minimum payment on. The stress of that, of living paycheck to paycheck, began to wear itself on our family. We began fighting about finances and uh, not sleeping at night and having all those anxieties that go along with wondering if you're gonna have enough money. Um, I began to pray to God for um, you know, deliverance out of that situation. And he did deliver us out of it, but not the way I expected. It wasn't a windfall of money. Um, It was actually in the form of a book by Dave Ramsey, um, Financial Freedom. I read the book and I showed it to Bruce and we both decided that it was something that we needed to do. And we began the journey of getting out from under all of that debt. Um, I had even financed a horse, which was one of my many passions. so that's how Crazy Head had gotten for us. So we began doing the things that Dave recommended. We started with a budget. We um, used only cash for payments for daily expenditures. And we began the debt snowball, which is a strategy where you begin paying, um, You when you pay off one credit card, what you were paying on that when you pay on the next. And eventually, you get all your cards paid off. Um, it took us about two years. We both got part-time jobs to um enhance our income some and to be able to pay more on the credit cards that we had and the debt that we had accumulated. Um, it was about two years and uh, we could say that we were out of debt except for our mortgage. Um, the sense of freedom that came with that is indescribable. To be able to um, direct your money in any path that you wanted it to go in was so new to us but also so exhilarating. Um, today, we are continue to be out of debt. Um, we still have a mortgage, but it's minimal. Um, we are able to give to any charity or any entity that we want to give. Um, I have another horse, and I've paid cash for it. Um, we travel. We get to use a lot of our money. Are we rich? No, not even close. But we did learn through all this experience that God gives us plenty of resources to live. We were just managing, managing them wrong. And once we learned how to manage him according to biblical principles, then we were able to have more money than we really needed. And so we were able to save and invest. And so now we have a very comfortable retirement. Um, I know this might sound like a little bit of a commercial for Dave Ramsey, but there are many uh, financial um, financial people out there that are are with very good, solid programs. The point I'm making is um, you need to get into a program like that and follow God's plan for your finances and be good stewards of what he's given us because the sense of freedom that comes with that is indescribable.
0: For that, you know, listen, did you notice the words that she kept saying? She kept saying the word free, didn't she? How many times you hear the word freedom? At least three, right? Two or three. And then she the one word that I, I, I thought was cool was she used the word exhilarating. Isn't that a cool word? Folks, if it's if it can happen with Bruce and Jody Sweeney, it can happen for you. How I many you agree that? How I many you believe that? How I many you want that? So here's here's what you're going to take away from this. What is your response to this message today? Number one, you need to believe that you can get you can live without debt. Remember, we've been sold a, a good a, a lie, right? You can live without debt. Now, again, most of you are going to have a mortgage. I have a mortgage, but other than that, you can live without debt. Amen. Number two, make a decision, make up your mind to get out of debt. And what are you going to do? You're going to work at it with what kind of intensity? Everybody say it. Gazelle intensity. Number three, apply this debt snowball, apply that strategy, and then lastly, cut the cards up, sell the stuff, save, get the job, and what? Pray hard. Thank you for joining us for this week's service. We pray that God has used this moment to greatly impact your life. We invite you to live fully alive in Christ with us here at Full Life Church. We'll see you next week.